What's up, horror fans? Pete here from the Lasser Cast, and I'm here with my good friend that is in Brooklyn, New York. He's got a beer already. Oktoberfest is not here yet. What is on your shirt, my man? It's Halloween oh. Kills. Halloween Kills, your favorite movie. I may not love the movie, but I do love the shirt. It's my favorite color. Um, and I had the first meeting of my Fright Club, my horror movie club at school today. So I thought, go with uh, Michael Myers, go with the uh, Halloween colors for the horror club. Uh, and then uh, we actually watched, I logged into my Shutter account, and you'll never guess what we watched uh, together with my horror group. Did you just watch 101 Scariest Horror Movie Moments? We did. We watched. We only watched three moments, but one of them was very fun to watch with a, with a group of high school kids, and we'll get into it in a few minutes as we get into our second uh, episode of the 101 Scariest Horror Movie Moments on Shudder. Yes. Yes, so uh, we had a lot of fun last time. We went through 101 to 89. Actually, I don't think I even said Danny's name. I just said my brother in Brooklyn. So that's Danny over there, D Danny Torkel. You can find him on Twitter, Dr. Zayas, G-O-D. I am uh, Pete, and you can find me on Twitter at AnchorPete29. Um, we love Shudder. We love the collection of very talented filmmakers and actors and uh, a lot of like film historians and stuff that have contributed to this awesome show. And so just like last week, I would like to go and say, have I seen this movie? Have I not seen this movie? Danny, you said that you've seen pretty much every movie on the list this time around, right? Uh, yeah. I've I've seen every one. The, there's only one that is kind of in the middle. I've, I've seen one movie, never like from beginning to end, but like almost every part in pieces. Yep. Yep. Like I own it on DVD and I still haven't watched it straight through. But with mm -hmm. the exception of that one, I've seen every one of these movies. And in most cases, I've seen them multiple times. Okay. Yeah, I've seen more movies from this list than I did last week. So let's just jump right into it. Number 88, they're already busting out the Jordan Peele. And they put us on there. Um, for us, they have that moment where, you know, you saw it in the trailer they, they really focused on this moment very heavily in the trailer. It's when the doppelgangers first show up and they start terrorizing the family. Um, I think that, you know, they had Tanarif do on, and I think that's great. You know, she kind of talked about Jordan Peele a lot when she was in Horror Noir, the, the other documentary that's on Shudder. And I just thought that what she brought to the table was great. I think she made some good points about home invasion movies. What do you think? Yeah, uh, Rebecca McKendry also talks about, like, the scariest thing that you can imagine is home invasion. Uh, we saw this with the the strangers in last week's the the, the first episode. Uh, the strangers was number ninety five, and uh, she talks about you know she says that if there were really four people outside my home, is there anything I can do to keep them out? And the reality is probably not. And it's comments like that that continually make me kind of happy that I live on the sixth floor of an apartment building. And if you want to get me, you have to climb up my rickety fire escape six stories. And at that point, you know, you earned it. But yes, uh, I do love it is something that's very nice about living uh, in a place where it's very hard to get to me from the outside. Uh I really enjoyed us when I saw it. Um, I don't, you know, Jordan Peele has made three movies and I think they're, you know, we, we did a review of Nope and it's very hard to rank his movies for me. Cause I think they're so different and they're all equally scary and, and good. Uh, I mean, get out, I'm sure is going to be on this list somewhere further yes. down. Uh, yes. They actually, I think, show a, a scene in like the little intro. They show a scene from Get Out, so I, I yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna imagine I know what scene from that, but yeah, I I thought this was such a cool kind of moment in us where because if you don't know what this movie is, you think, oh crap, it's like The Strangers, you know, Tanarive uh, Tanarive do makes that point. She 
She thinks this is going to be a traditional home invasion movie. And then you see who the invaders are and it adds a whole new layer to the movie. Yes. Well, you know, you better watch what you're saying though over there, buddy. Cause like you might be secure in Brooklyn, but you go on a lot of trips, man. And the family in this movie, they're on vacation when they get attacked. That is true. You're right. Yes. So you got to watch out for people wearing jumpsuits that look like you, you know, in some other state or whatever. Um, I, yeah, I, I love us. I, I, you said that you had a kind of a difficulty ranking all the Jordan Peele movies. I, I would think that I actually like get out and nope more than us just because I don't like the way that it goes towards the end of the movie. I think that the beginning is solid and very, very scary. I think it's scarier than the other two movies, but then I feel like once it becomes easy to take out the doppelgangers or it just seems easier uh it it's not as scary for me so yeah um, yeah i uh so should we go on to number 87 which is a movie that i think is actually very scary and the scene that they referenced i think is very accurately the scary scene in that movie that number 87 is the witch and it's directed by robert eggers do you think that was the scary scene in the witch yeah, I think The Witch is one of those movies where, in terms of scary moments, I think the whole atmosphere of the movie is just creepy. And and there's, I, I don't know if, like, gun to my head, there's a single moment in this movie. I Like, the, the image that stands out to me is the image where, like, the camera just pulls back and the birds are kind of tearing at the mother is an image that I remember from when I saw this in the theater. Uh, the, you know, the first time you hear Black Phillip, uh, you know, live, live, what is it? Live deliciously. Uh, that is just so haunting and creepy. But yeah, this scene in the woods, because for a lot of the early part of this movie, you're wondering, is there a witch? Is there, yeah. you know, it, or is it just this family of like religious zealots? Are they just crazy? Because they very easily could be crazy. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. But, I, I, oh, good. No, no. I, I when what's what's extra creepy about this scene is that this movie is like steeped in history. It almost feels like something I would show in class to show what early colonial you know, pioneer life in America is uh, like these pilgrims. And then all of a sudden it feels like you're watching a fairy tale, mm. like o almost like that, like the Hansel and Gretel, you know, witch who lives in the woods, who's trying to lure the children in. And it really does creep the hell out of you. And, and you know, even the idea of like kissing the little kid, it, it's, it, it's, it's very, it, it just makes your hair kind of stand up, you know? Yes. One of the things I like about this special, this 101 Scariest Horror Moments, is that there's a couple of movies that came out just prior to us starting the Lasser cast. And like, there hasn't been any kind of like anniversaries or anything like that. And so we haven't talked about them. And The Witch is a movie that I think we reference a lot, but we've never like done a deep dive of. So it gives us a reason to go and talk about this moment. And I remember seeing this in the theater and that particular scene, which is very much like Hansel and Gretel, like you said, um, that I know made people gasp in the theater when the boy kisses the witch and then like that hand comes up and grabs him. And it's, it's fun watching this special because once you see the movie, because they, they show you the title, it's like, okay, here's the movie, here's the movie title, and who directed it when it came out, and you start to automatically go, okay, what scene is it? What scene is it? And for me, I thought that it might have been the scene that's in the trailer where Anya Taylor-Joy is with the baby, and she's kind of doing like peekaboo, and then the baby's yeah. gone. Right. I thought it would be that, but then, of course, when they said this scene with the boy and the witch, I was like, oh, yeah, of course, that scene. Um, and then they had Edgar Wright on to talk about that scene in, in detail. And he started talking about Hammer films. And once again, man, that's making me think, I want to just talk about Hammer films with you, you know, moving forward. Yeah, Hammer, Hammer, uh, there's such a specific style to the Hammer horror films. Like the blood is 
very red. They they look like, you know, they, they these period piece movies, uh, but they're they're very sexual and they're very red. Uh, it, it, they're 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 a very unique kind of horror film. Uh, the Hammer movies, uh, and they, there's they're varying in quality. I've seen a whole bunch, but but they're just. Even the bad ones are fun to watch because of the style of them. Yes. I'm giving this out to our audience right there. If you guys are interested, I'm just tossing this out there. Hammer Halloween. If you guys are interested, Hammer Halloween, I am down. Okay. Let's move on to number 86. Oh, we finally came up to a movie that I have not seen. But I've certainly seen this movie referenced many times. I've seen this particular scene referenced many times you've probably seen a whole you've probably seen a whole bunch of scenes from this movie like that that one scene that they show of the zombie like that's on the movie box sitting up and ripping the the woman's jugular out that's a very popular scene and you've probably heard the reference of zombie versus shark before because that's also from this movie so yeah, that this is a very notorious film uh, that is usually, like, people at least know certain scenes from it. Does this movie also have the, the final scene where it's like they're on the Brooklyn Bridge? Yeah. On... My cats are, they, are, are they in your house right now? No, no, my cats just keep leaping around me. But yeah, oh. uh, yeah, that's the, the final scene in the movie is the, the zombies... Uh, have taken, they've like commandeered a boat and they, uh, like a carrier and they end up in New York Harbor and there's like the scene of them walking across the Brooklyn Bridge that is, uh, I can't think of that scene without thinking of the New York City Horror Film Festival uh, because I've been to that horror film festival several years in a row and their little introductory, introductory video always ends with that scene of them walking, the zombies walking across the Brooklyn Bridge while uh, Drowning Pool's bodies is playing. So, yeah, so it's like, let the bodies hit the floor as the zombies are crossing the Brooklyn Bridge. So, yeah, uh, I've seen this movie a few times. It's, the music is great. It's one of those weird movies where I wouldn't call this a great movie. Okay. But uh, it has several iconic scenes in it. So I guess by default, I would always have to recommend it as a movie that must be seen. Uh, Especially if you're a gore person, because it's Lucio Fulci. He's a gore maniac and he loves eye torture. He's like... Mike Flanagan loves to torture hands. Lucio Fulci, every movie, it involves some type of eye torture or, and, and again, Rebecca McKendry, uh, she says like it's it's eyes, it's teeth, and it's fingernails. He's going to make you go, right at one point in every movie he does. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. I'm going to have to watch it. I, I was disturbed just watching that scene. It, it's, you know... Just, just seeing that piece of wood get closer and closer to that woman's eye, you know, and I don't know, it, it's it's great. It, I think that the opposite could be said of the next movie, The well, Changeling. Before oh, you get to that scene, that so I, I put this episode on uh, for my horror movie club, and so we see us, we see the witch, and then we get the zombie, and I'm like, okay, guys, this scene, you might want to look away, and I pause it, right when the the woman is like this close to the piece of wood and i'm like here's your chance look away and like almost collectively all 13 kids in the room were like just play it and i was like okay yeah (laughs) and then like you hear this collective like and i'm like i love my job (laughs) oh man that sounds freaking awesome man uh, yeah, yeah, that's so cool. Just introducing this next generation of kids to these fucking disturbing as hell movies. Yeah. Who wants to I, stay um, after school and watch a woman get dragged eye first into a plank of wood? Okay, oh. great. <laughs> oh, man, what a great teacher. 
So, like, I know that you're actually a big fan of number 85. And the thing is, I haven't seen it. The Changeling. That's with, uh, what's his face? Um, George C. Scott. George C. Scott. Thank you. From Exorcist 3. I mean, of course, in, like, classic movies like Dr. Strangelove and... uh, Right, right, Patton. So, So, here's the thing. The scene they pick is they have this ball fall down the stairs. Is that the scariest scene in that movie? I, when they put the changeling up, Charlotte was sitting with me and I said to her, it's either the seance scene or the ball. And she went, what do you mean the ball? I said, it's, it's the ball. And I, I kind of figured it to, again, it's not scary in like the jump scare way, but this is one of the legit greatest haunted house movies you'll ever see. And there's a certain tension that comes, especially for me, there's a certain tension in a great haunted house movie. And that scene with the ball, it, it, it's one of those just perfect scenes where it's, it's not a jump scare, but it's, it's just a like, Oh, fuck. like, Oh, come on. Cause he takes the ball. He it's, it's like the, the last memory he has of his daughter. He throws it off the, the bridge. And then the second he walks in, it bounces down the step and it's just like, and, and he, his reaction, you know, like they make such a great point in this uh, episode of focusing on George C. Scott, because this is a guy I grew up, I knew him from Dr. Strangelove. I know him uh, winning an Oscar for Patton. You know, he's in Exorcist 3, but he's like the stoic cop in the movie. And to watch him in this movie, like, feel like you see George C. Scott getting scared and feeling like there's nothing he can do to appease the ghosts in this house. Right. It, it really is. It really makes it that much scarier. And, and it's, it, it, but that's the beauty of this movie. Uh, another movie that's like this that I really hope is on the list is The Others. Did you ever see that with Nicole Kidman? Yes, yes, yes. It, the, the, to me, they're like perfect companion pieces. They're, they're great haunted house movies. There's no gore. There's no like graphic violence or, you know, jump scare type things that you would really think of. But, it's just there's so much tension and creepiness to what you're watching that sure. the, the movie ends and they just stick with you. Mm. Yeah, I mean, just the atmosphere, right? It, I mean, that's so crucial. Um, who's the director? Do you know? Peter Menak, it, I okay. think his name is, or Peter Madak, M-E-D-A-K, I believe. Uh, the, there's another great scene in this movie that um, that when my first thought was it, it's either the ball or the seance. And we just reviewed uh, Ouija Origin of Evil with a, another great movie with great seance scenes in it. Right. Uh, the greatest seance scene I've ever seen in a movie is in The Changeling. And okay. uh, it, I... De- I totally recommend this movie it's a great old-fashioned ghost story uh creepy as all hell and it's it's really just a great film it happens it's one of those great movies that just happens to be a horror movie you know i feel like i feel like uh, in horror you kind of have to like oh it's a great horror movie no no no. this is actually a great film that just so happens to be a, a movie about ghosts in a haunted house Yes, that's the kind of descriptor you could apply to a certain director whose movie makes it to this list this time around. We're a couple entries away from him, but at 84, we have one of the most iconic scenes in any movie ever, and one of the most famous movies of all time. I have to say, though, watching them talk about the Phantom of the Opera and that scene, I knew what scene they were going to show. I think that probably because of seeing, like, the Broadway version of Phantom of the Opera talked about so much. I was thinking that the Phantom has that mask, that famous mask where like half of his face is covered and it's white. You know, even in like fucking Gremlins too, there's a Gremlin that has a mask like that, right? Yeah. But is it that like throughout the whole classic movie, 
he has that kind of almost like fake face kind of mask. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Except for when he does uh, the masquerade. Oh, he's, he's wearing like the giant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's funny. Have you ever seen um, uh, Boardwalk Empire? Did you ever watch that show? I watched most of it. Athena and I watched almost all of it with like, I, I think it was one of those shows where we watched everything but the last season. Oh, that's good too though. Um, do you remember the one guy um, who oh, was like a big... yes. Yes, I know exactly. Yes, of course. I. That's the what guy... the mask of the Phantom reminded me of, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So have you seen the classic Phantom of the Opera all the way through? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great. Um, again, I totally get where to watch a movie from 1925, a silent film, it, it, it takes a certain mentality. I understand like Charlotte, for instance, we're watching it and we had to pause it because she was like, wait, why are there words? And I had to like legitimately explain to her how right. like this movie was made before talkies existed. Right. And like, I tried to like explain to her how silent movies worked and how they put up those cards so that we knew what the characters were saying. But yeah, I've watched it. Uh, I genuinely do love it. it. It's great. And the makeup on Lon Chaney is amazing. Um, and, and Charlotte and I saw Phantom of the Opera on Broadway. So Charlotte's watching it. And every scene that they show is like perfectly redone in the musical. So Charlotte's like, oh, I remember this. I remember right. this. Like right. he's rowing the boat in like the underground canal and Charlotte's like, Oh, I remember that scene. And I'm like, right. yes. <laughs> like okay, uh, great. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, like you hit the nail on the head. Like this is maybe more than any scene so far on, of the entire list. Yeah. Just an all time iconic movie scene. Yes. Like, and, and, if people even have seen the musical or they've seen the uh, the Gerard Butler movie or <laughs> any of the other millions of adaptations of Phantom of the Opera, like this is the iconic moment of Phantom of the Opera. And right. it's it, it holds up, I think, to this day. I mean, the, it, that one scene is great. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they, they always have it like in movie montages and stuff, you know, like of like classic movies. Usually, like for the Oscars, if they're like, look at 100 years of cinema, and they'll, they'll show that scene, you know, it's, it's so iconic. Um, number 83, uh, maybe not as iconic, but holy shit, it's gonna be hard for me to get this out of my fucking brain now. The Brood. I've never seen this Cronenberg film, uh, but holy shit, it looks interesting as hell. You've seen The Brood, I'm assuming? I've seen The Brood uh, one time. It's it's a weird movie. I didn't love it. Um, I don't love a lot of early Cronenberg stuff. I he He's a director that I, I appreciate. I love his, like, like, the iconic body horror stuff, which obviously you get in this scene, is unbelievable. So, like, Kind of like with Zombie, it's like an iconic movie with uh, and there's uh, iconic moments in a lot of early Cronenberg stuff. Even though I don't love the films, I I love the moments. And yeah, uh, this is from what I remember reading, and they mentioned it. This was like a very personal movie for him. Like he did it right after a divorce, and he was like very angry in a very dark place, and it's reflected in like the body creates life based on your emotions and feelings. And yeah, uh, it's so gross. Like some yeah. of the stuff that when she like opens up the, the, the like the sack and then takes this bloody baby out and starts. Yeah. It, it. Yeah. The whole ending of this movie is just so bizarre. It, it's <laughs> very bizarre. And like, there's yeah. going to be more Cronenberg on this list. Like, uh, Videodrome is going to come, is going to be on this list somewhere, and uh, who knows? There, there's probably going to be oh, uh, Scanners, 
you know, the, the head explosion in scanners is going to be on the list. You know, yeah. Maybe, maybe the fly. Oh, oh, 100%. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 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 Um, Mick Garris was one of the people that talked a lot about this particular scene and about Cronenberg. And, um, you know, I honestly haven't seen that much of classic Cronenberg at all. I've seen a lot of his like more modern movies and I haven't seen crimes of the future, but I've seen like um, a history of violence and I've seen there's this movie did about like Sigmund Freud and Viggo Mortensen was in it. And do do you know what I'm talking about? Dangerous method. I saw that. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, obviously I know that it's like something special when they were talking about the idea behind this movie, I was like, well, that's really original. I don't think I've heard of other movies like that. Um, but boy, I watched that before I was going to eat dinner and I, I kind of regretted it. You know? Yeah, so, this, this was uh, definitely, um, this was definitely a up there with zombie as the most disgusting, uh, like scenes, uh, of last night. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, coincidentally, 82 actually has a scene that starts out at a dinner it's a tale of two sisters. Now I haven't seen this movie, but I've seen the poster for it before. And I have to say that the poster did not make me think like the, the, the plot they said for the movie, it didn't sound like, like the poster doesn't look like it matches the plot, you know? Yeah. So have you seen this movie? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. This is, um, you know, they make a good point right at the beginning. And they said some of the most exciting uh, horror in the last, 20 to 30 years has come out of uh, South Korea and some of my favorite movies, my favorite zombie movie of all time is Train to Busan. Um, I would imagine that movie is going to be on this list uh, at some point. And Tale of Two Sisters, for me, uh, I feel like this was a movie that had been built up so much that by the time I saw it, I kind of predicted the big twist and so it didn't really hit home for me but okay. had i seen this back in the early 2000s when it came out i feel like i would have loved it especially more than i did uh the american remakes of some of these movies uh, oh, okay but yeah tale of two sisters the, and the scene that they're talking about is is such a creepy scene uh and there's a great jump scare in it um because you think of you think the scene is going in one direction where like the woman at the table is having this like attack a seizure and then when she's on the floor she's you don't see what she sees you you see it later on when she's telling her husband on the way home and you're like oh shit <laughs> yeah so it it really is uh, a cool scene and uh i i really like you know, you know I love foreign horror films. Uh, South Korea is right up there with like, if if there's like a a new South Korean horror film, it I I'm definitely gonna watch it because it, they're one of the, as they said in the documentary. I don't know which person said it, but they're one of the most exciting countries when it comes to new horror. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, you know I I don't know much about this movie at all you said there was like american remakes is there an american remake of this i don't think there's an american remake of of this there might be i i am i'm not sure i did see another movie that felt very similar to this i saw this movie called good night mommy i think it's okay where the the mother is like wrapped in bandages yeah and it's it's similar to this where like I'm watching that and I'm like, isn't this just the exact kind of story as the other movie? Uh, yeah. there, there, so th- th- there might be, I don't think there's not an American remake called a tale of two sisters. Okay. But I, I would have to look that up. I'm not a hundred percent sure. There, I think there's, there's a few movies that are very similar that have a very similar twist to it. So I, I don't want to spoil the twist. Um, yeah. It's one of those movies where if you, you could probably guess the twist if you start watching it. Um, so I, I don't want to ruin it. Yeah. Well, you know, last time that we did this show, we talked about the uh, Bravo 
uh, show that had the 100 best horror movie moments or whatever. And the thing is, right, is that we were saying, well, the list obviously has to be different this time around, right? They can't just redo that list. And I think that one thing that this list has really gone for it so far is they're really putting in like foreign horror movies. You know, they're showing a lot of Italian horror films. They're showing a lot of like Asian horror, uh, horror films, you know? And so I think that that's really good because they're sort of casting a wider net than I think that the other show did. And a- another example of that is uh, Demons, which this is one of those movies where just by being like a person that's into horror on Twitter, you know, and just like on social media, you just sort of like gleam this kind of stuff. Like you're like, okay, this is that movie Demons. This is the one that's in the movie theater. Uh, this is that one that has all the people like walking with like glowing eyes at the end. Uh, this has that that one woman. I don't I, I don't know if they're in like France or something, but it's like a black French woman, and she's got like you know the, the eyes, and she's you know dribbling green stuff. Like I know this movie, even though I've never seen it. Yeah. And, you know, it's another one of those Bava movies. And so this is his second entry on the list. Well, no, and this so- is his son. This is Lamberto Bava. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So so tell me about Demons then. Uh, can I ask you an honest question before we keep going? Are we are we recording? Because I don't see a clock. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're recording on the last cash <laughs> out. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Come scare me, man. Yeah, I got yeah. paranoid. I didn't see a clock counting, so I got I got nervous. Yeah. Demons is I'm an unabashed Demons fan. I love this movie. Uh, this is one of those. Uh, this is a, a, a movie that's on Shutter, and if I'm like I can't sleep, if I'm just sitting up in the living room, I'll put this movie on in the background. Uh, it's one of those movies, like you said. There's so many iconic moments in it. You you know it even if you haven't seen it. Uh, it starts where there's a guy giving out tickets to the movie theater and he's got like a half speaking of Phantom of the Opera, he's got half his face is covered with this like metal mask and you're like, what the hell is that? And you, it, these people go to a movie theater in Germany and uh, they're watching this horror movie and when they get into the lobby there's like this setup and the, the, the woman gets her face scratched by the mask this demon mask that is in the movie that they're watching and the people in the movie are getting possessed as the people in the audience are getting possessed. The scene that they're describing, uh, the scene from this movie obviously is uh, when the that first girl gets infected, she transforms into a demon, she attacks her friend, her friend turns into a demon and from that moment on, literally the movie is just all hell breaking loose as these people are trapped in a movie theater fighting against demons and whoever gets attacked turns into one. And it's, if I, you see it in the, the, the episode, somehow the movie ends with them on the roof. There's a helicopter falling in. The guy's on a motorcycle. You're like, how is this? This movie's t- it's taking place in a movie theater. What the hell is happening? And there's just so much entertaining, ridiculous stuff, amazing transformation effects, amazing makeup effects. Uh, I I love this movie. And the sequel is super fun also. It's not as good. But yeah, I love Demons. Uh, the the makeup, the the gore are all great. Um, and yeah, this was Lamberto Baba. His father, Mario Baba, did Black Sabbath, which was uh, number 97. He also worked uh, very closely with Dario Argento on this, who is one of my favorite filmmakers. Um, the guy who, I'm 99% sure the guy with the metal mask is Michael Suave, who is another Italian horror filmmaker who did uh, um, some other great films. I think he does Cemetery Man, which is amazing. Uh, He did The Church, which is a lot of fun. Uh, Yeah, this is like mid-80s, like just a conflagration of all the great minds of Italian horror. Uh, And it's one of the last great Italian horror films before like 
their industry kind of just died off at the end of the 80s into the 90s. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, um, I know that you always talk highly of the Italian horror films. And I, I know that, like, just in general, they have this reputation of being, like, real disturbing. And we've already talked about a whole bunch of disturbing scenes. This scene in particular was when the friend starts to turn into a demon. And, and a lot of people that were talking in this episode were saying how, like, everyone's just standing around watching this happen. And they yeah. said people be filming it with their cell phones, you know? It's, um, I mean, yeah, that transformation looks amazing. And and the, the makeup effects look awesome. And their glowing eyes look so cool, too. I mean, I'll have to check it out eventually. But yeah. I got to admit, I, I feel a little squeamish going to check it out. Yeah, it's great, though. It's, it's like I said, it's a lot of fun. It's gory. It's ridiculous. The dubbing is terrible. There's, like, this car full of gangsters who are, like, like they're totally separate from the movie. They just kind of show up, do cocaine, and end up in the movie theater somehow. You're like, what the hell is going on? It's nothing makes sense, but it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> well, we go from talking about, um, you know, gory movies and upsetting movies to now maybe one of the most upsetting things I've seen in a movie. And it's something that we talk about on this show quite a bit. Uh, we, you kind of predicted it because they had a quote on Twitter. Of course, we were talking about the baseball boy scene in Dr. Sleep. Number 80 on this list. Our favorite director on the channel, Mike Flanagan. I See, love... Go ahead. I, I, well, we both kind of predicted it last week, too. Because, you know, we said Mike Flanagan and... Um, Kate Siegel were are, are two of the talking heads in this series. So I don't think they would put Mike Flanagan there unless they're going to give him credit and put one of his movies. And what scene could they possibly put other than Baseball Boy in Dr. Sleep? It's just, yeah. yeah, like there's, it's one of the, like, didn't, didn't Mike Flanagan say like Stephen King said, I really love the movie, but holy shit, that baseball boy scene just goes on way too long. That's right. And yeah, it's, it is absolutely brutal. Uh, and I think it elevates Rebecca Ferguson, especially uh, Rose the Hat to one of the truly great horror, modern horror villains uh, in recent memory. She's so good and she's so scary and there's another quote that somebody says how it almost feels like like you're watching an orgy and i know that yes. and, and i'm not trying to be any kind of disgusting or, or gross but you watch the true knot in that scene and the way they're like they're they're coming close to each other and they're sharing the the essence of baseball boy and they're like it it's so so freaking disturbing it's yeah it's, it, it, it's incredibly upsetting like that that's such a hard scene to watch uh i saw that in the movie theater twice athena and i saw it in the theater it's i one of my favorite movies of recent time it, it it's and we when we did our ouija review you know we did a little mike flanagan ranking and we both had Dr. Sleep as our favorite Flanagan film. And it's, I don't even think it's our favorite as much as it's just his, it, it's a, his grand achievement as a horror director. Yes. Um, you know, whenever they talk about cinematography at the Oscars, it's always like these movies that have these giant landscape shots and, you know, you see nature often but I feel like, you know, good cinematography can also take pictures of like just iconic images that you can't shake out of your head. And, you know, we're saturated with comic book movies and like superhero things. So there's always these shots that are like, you know, look how cool this is. There's something about the imagery in this scene and the way that the True Knot members are framed where they are extremely scary but they're also like extremely cool looking too. And and in a lot of uh, Flanagan's film uh, films and shows, he does things where the character's eyes light up. That's like a big thing. It was in, in you know, uh, Midnight Mass, in this, and Oculus. Like, 
I, I chose to use Rose the hat for the thumb uh, nail for this episode. And that shot just of her, Rebecca Ferguson, I, I can't stop thinking about that shot. It's just so cool. Look, and I remember I saw someone did some artwork once where they, they drew pretty much this scene like from the kid's perspective and it showed them. And that imagery is just so iconic. It's like that shot in Demons that I was talking about where they're like coming up and their eyes are glowing. You know, it's it's the stuff of nightmares. And it's it's weird to be talking uh, like with excitement or like saying how cool it is for something that's like really utterly disturbing. Like I just remember like the scene leading up to this moment and thinking, oh my God, they're going to kill this boy. And as a father of like two young children, it's your worst absolute nightmare. The, the, the worst thing, like whenever we watch shows, and they talk about this in this episode too, is that like usually they don't focus on this. Like a lot of times maybe you'll see a kid get kidnapped. Maybe you'll see like the crime scene afterwards. But in this, they like just focus on the boy. And yeah. they don't show like gore and blood. It's just his screams and the sound. And it's just so effective. And I still think about it. And I am... Like haunted is the word I would use. I'm like haunted by this scene. Just yeah. thinking about it bothers me. You know? Uh, no, I I think you you hit the nail on the head. You know, as a father, as a as a parent, it, it is your worst nightmare, and that's why, you know, like to to a lot of people, the worst thing you can do in a movie is kill the dog or kill the family pet. You know. Um, Shutter is doing a really fun thing on Twitter, by the way, and, and you made reference to this, where they're putting quotes and they're trying to get people to guess the movie. So the quote was about the most graphic death of a child. So my, my two thoughts right away, it was either Baseball Boy or the kid from Halloween 3. And oh, <laughs> right, right, right. And I was like, I just can't imagine, like the kid from Halloween three, I mean, maybe, but also like we had just talked about how, you know, Mike Flanagan is a talking head on this. So there's going to be a Mike Flanagan movie on here. It, it's probably this scene coming up. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's my, it's my favorite movie by my favorite modern horror director. And it's, easily the most disturbing moment in that movie so i think it's a perfect choice as a moment like you know i we could argue over i put a star next to this that this should probably be a little higher on the list um but i understand it's it's a it's a very recent movie i mean the movie came out in 2019 so right. i get you know they don't want to throw it down in like the top 20 or 30 i get it uh, I'm glad it made the list though, because it, it absolutely belongs there. Yes, yes. Now, for the next one, I was kind of confused. I almost felt like they cheated with this one because I felt like they showed two scenes you know, versus one scene. And I think the way they got away with it, we're talking about Candyman, the original Candyman. And um, I think the way they got away with it was they focused on one scene at first when uh, Helen first meets Candyman. And Tanner Reeve Dew is talking about it. But then Tony Todd comes on and he talks about the scene where he opens up his coat and he has all the beads. So I was like, well, which one is it? Is it the parking lot one? Is it the bee scene? And I think that they're <laughs> implying that it's the parking lot scene. Yeah. And Tony Todd just kind of threw that other scene in there. What do you think? I think they're in, I, I put the parking garage scene. Uh, and yeah. to me, that's the most haunting part of the movie. Uh, Tony Todd does more in that scene for the name Helen than any actor has ever done for any woman's name in the history of cinema. Like, <laughs> I, 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 there's never a moment, like, to this day, if I would ever, I had a student a couple years ago uh, named Helen, and Every day when I took attendance, I'd be going down the list and I would end, She her, her last name started with a Z and she oh. was the last one on the list. And I would always end by going, Helen. And she'd be like, I'm here. And she had no idea that I was referencing Candyman literally every day. 
But <laughs> that stuck with me. The first horror convention I ever went to, Tony Todd was one of the main guests. And they did a panel. And, you know, I, I think I asked the question at the panel about, like, how, like, did he have to... Was he directed on how to say it or was he just, did he just get up there and he has this iconic voice anyway. And did he just pronounce it in that way? But it's so haunting and the way her reaction to it. And I've heard that story, by the way, about how Virginia Madsen was legitimately hypnotized on set and the, her eyes look totally glassed over She's got the tear running down her face. And then, you know, you the next scene in the movie, she like literally wakes up and she's like covered in blood in uh, the, the kid's house, like the baby the, back in Cabrini Green. It's such a great movie. It's such a great scene. Uh, and it's I, if, if my name was Helen, I would have changed my name after that movie. So yeah. <laughs> The B um, scene, the B scene though is incredible because he said that he uh he he wrote it into his contract that he would be paid like a thousand dollars for every B sting he got. <laughs> and like I think he was got I think he got like a check for like 20 grand or 25 grand because he got like 20 or something B stings uh for that scene. And oh my God. he said he could still hear him buzzing around in his mouth. That that's that blows oh, yeah. my mind. I, you know, one of my favorite things for this channel was covering Candyman because we eventually covered Candyman, like I think last October. Um, you know, that was one of those movies, those iconic movies that I had never seen. And so I did research on it and I, I found out about the hypnotism stuff that you were talking about too. And um, I'd be remiss not to mention the score. I think the score for Handyman, Candyman, oh. not Handyman. Candyman is just incredible too. And yeah, you know, so and I, and I know Clive Barker didn't direct it. Bernard Rose directed it, but it's based on the Clive Barker story. And um, th I think that it's McGarris even says that like Clive Barker comes up with new ways to scare you, ways that you've never considered to scare you. And so, yeah, that, that movie is unique. And uh, I don't know. I, I, that's, I feel like that's, it's, it's kind of high on the list too at 79, you know? Yeah. Uh, Charlotte even said, like, oh, Candyman, shouldn't this be, like, much lower? And I was like, yeah, probably. Or much higher on the list, like, closer to, yeah. Closer to uh, and, and I said, yeah, you know, like, Candyman is one of those iconic characters. You know, like, we said this about Chucky last time. And I feel like he probably deserved a little bit better than 79. But, you know, you're on yeah. the list. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we got three more to go. And honestly, I was kind of surprised with each of these. Maybe not the last entry, but Invasion of the Body Snatchers. So here's the thing. You mentioned before that you saw one of these movies in pieces and that you haven't seen it all the way through. Is it this movie? It is. Yeah. Do you know why I could guess that? Because I've had kind of the same experience, too. It's like one of those movies that was like on HBO. You'd see the end of it. You'd see the beginning yeah. of it, right? I've, I've seen, I, I, I must have, it's one of those movies where not only have I seen, but like, I would always catch the exact same part over and over and over again. <laughs> like right. uh, the scene where, uh, Jeff Goldblum, Jeff Goldblum and Donald Sutherland are, are like, they, 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 they first find the pods and cats oh. are knocking things down. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've seen I, I've never seen this movie from beginning to end, but I've seen, I would venture to say I've seen every moment of this movie in pieces. Uh, nice. And the final scene of this movie is legitimately creepy as all hell. Right. That's why to make it at 78, that kind of blew my mind. I was like, shouldn't that be like at least in the top 30? I, yeah, I, it's funny because they, you don't think of this as a remake, but it, it is. And the original from the 50s is great, too. Yeah. Um, with Kevin McCarthy, the actor, running around screaming in traffic at the end. Like, they're here, they're here. Oh. And, and, and in this version, 
you know, when I think of uh, Veronica Cartwright, I always think of Alien. Right, uh, and, right, and, right. And her her reacting to like the chestburster and her and getting sprayed with blood, but her reaction at the end of this movie is almost as iconic. Uh, yeah. with, because it's that moment of like, oh, thank God I'm safe, and then oh, no, you're not, and she has like that. She just breaks down as Donald Sutherland is pointing and yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, it's it's funny because I wish that there wasn't one other movie in between here because you just gave me the perfect segue to the last movie on this list. The last movie on this list has this amazing moment of, oh, okay, well, they're safe. Oh, no, they're not. We'll get to that. I'm talking about the Dawn of the Dead remake by Zack Snyder. We'll get to that. But in between there is one of the most fucking iconic horror movies ever. Kind of shocked that this is at number 77. We're talking the Evil Dead, the original. So, what what are your thoughts on that, man? I mean it. It's my favorite horror franchise of all time. I I I love the Evil Dead so much. Um, like you could have put any moment from this movie on the list, and I would have been like, "Yep, okay." Uh, but I was it. I'm trying to think who. Well, oh, I think it was Joe Bob. Joe Bob said like the 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 moment for him that like creeped him out the most is the pencil in the ankle yep. and it's just such a nasty uh you know injury you know of like you think of like um i think of pet cemetery and uh the guy getting his achilles tendon cut and uh the woman in this getting her Linda getting the uh, pencil in the ankle is so gross. Uh, but yeah, that's like, you know, you could have put the tree tree rape scene. You could have put, you know, any of the moments at the end. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this Cheryl's transformation where they're doing the card tricks and, and she's just not even paying any attention and she's guessing the cards. It's such like a creepy moment. And that's the moment where the movie turns on a dime and you know at that moment on you're like okay this is a movie about you know, the trees are alive and they're trying to kill everybody nope it's a demon movie and they're transformed into demons and that's what we're dealing with now and uh i, I could talk about the evil dead all day it's my i i love the evil dead movies i love the evil dead show i love the, everybody in the cast they're uh, it, it's my favorite franchise. It's in, if you include the remake, it's four. In the, it's four movies that are all different, all great in different ways, and then it's three seasons of a show that are super fun, disgusting in all the right ways, funny. Uh, it's just yeah, I love The Evil Dead. Yeah, me too. I. It's weird to hear people talk about the first one with such reverence for it being like this scary, scary moment. Because I think that after everything that's come after it, except for that remake, you're so used to it being like this fun thing, right? Like yeah. you're so used to Ash, right? If you go back, if, 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 if you're a new horror fan and you hear Evil Dead and you go back and watch the original, you'll be shocked. Like, Ash is basically, like, he gets his ass kicked the whole movie. He doesn't really say any of his super cool, iconic lines. That's all in part two. Right. Um, he He's, like, at the beginning of that movie, you're not sure who the main character is going to be because there, there really isn't one. You know? Yeah. It, and the more macho of the two guys is actually his friend Scotty. So. Right. It really is. It's a strange movie to go back and watch now. Yeah. Knowing that Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness especially are such, like, you have horror, then you have horror comedy, and then you have basically slapstick comedy in part yeah. three. Like, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just, I mean, like, I'll just tell you when, I introduced my friend Josh to this movie years and years ago. He had to walk home uh, about six to 
eight blocks to his house. Okay. And he told me the next day that after watching the original Evil Dead, walking home in the dark, six to eight blocks after, like, he said that, like, he would hear, join us as he was walking because it was like he was re- legit creeped out. So it holds up as a horror movie. It's just, yeah. it's very, it could be jarring for people that are expecting like a, a, a super fun, bloody comedy like Evil Dead 2 or Army of Darkness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, honestly, it, I, I keep wanting to show my 12 year old this franchise because, you know, I have real fondness for this franchise too. Uh, I don't know how her mom feels about me showing her this one, but it's, yeah, it's just so iconic. And I wonder if they're going to have a scene from the remake on this list. Do you think they will? Probably not. I I don't think so. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe Evil Dead 2, uh, maybe like right. the, the, the chainsaw cutting off his own hand, that scene. Right. Uh, uh, but I, but that's, it's almost too much of a comedy to, to make it. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what they're going to do with franchises. You know, like yeah. if they, sh- like we said with Child's Play, they showed a scene from Child's Play 1 that to me that eliminates the rest of the franchise. Right. Um, so we'll see. Um, well, let's that's a good our- segue right there, right? Yeah. Because we're talking about remakes. Here is a remake that I think people actually appreciate. We have Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead remake. Uh, you know, it's so funny because, you know, we were just talking about how like Evil Dead, you see all of the Evil Dead movies after the original and you think a certain way. With like Zack Snyder, you almost don't associate this movie with him anymore until he comes back to Army of the Dead. Because it's yeah. so much more of like his superhero comic book stuff that you think about nowadays. But I remember seeing this movie and and being very, very scared. I, I, there was this weird time in my life where I was very scared of zombies. And I think because zombies like were just so overdone eventually, like with The Walking Dead and every fucking ripoff of it, that like zombies don't scare me anymore. But I used to be very scared of zombies. And I think that this movie almost like encapsulated that feeling. It's like, I'm scared of zombies. This is maybe the scariest thing for me to watch. And um, And the opening sequence of this movie is so well done. Yeah. You know? It's definitely the the best scene. It's the best scene in the movie because you, again, like as a parent, you're, 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 especially for us, parents of little girls, we're, we're conditioned to like, you see the little girl outside the bedroom door. You want to go to her and make sure she's okay. Like I would, we would both be dead. We'd both be the, the, the guy in this movie who gets his throat ripped out. That's right. Um, and you know, I know that George Romero loved his slow zombies, but I think this and 28 days later really like revolutionized the idea of the fast zombie. And that just, I really did make zombies so much scarier because yeah. you, you would always say, oh, I'd love to be chased by a zombie. They, uh, uh, you just run away from them. They'll never catch you. Well, now they're running after you and they're going to rip your jugular out. It's, yeah. yeah. Um, I, That's I think- a great point. You know, you actually made me think of something I totally forgot. I said that this movie encapsulates like my fear of zombies that I had. Uh, but I think 28 Days Later is actually scarier. And I actually, like, I don't always hear that much love for 28 Weeks Later, but I feel like 28 Weeks Later is very scary, too. I actually like 28 Weeks Later more than 28 Days. I think it's, I I, I loved it. Yeah. I, I think it's 28 Days Later, I, I liked, but I didn't love it. Whereas 28 Weeks Later, to me, was a, like a perfect sequel. Yeah, yeah. 28 days later, we'll be on the show. I have no doubt of that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Somewhere down the line, definitely. Yeah, man. Well, we've made it all the way to 76, so we did our whole list for this week. It has been, like, so much fucking fun talking about this with you, and we really appreciate you guys watching, too, but we would love some comments, too. If you guys haven't subscribed to the channel, please do. Uh, let us know. Do you like what they've picked so far? Are some of these choices too uh high on the list you know like where are we at are you agreeing with them are you agreeing with shutter um danny do you got anything coming up on the channel anytime soon 
Um, I did a review uh, filled with spoilers of the new horror movie, Barbarian, uh, which is easily going to be on my top 10 list. I freaking loved it. Uh, go see it and then watch my review. I'm going to try to sneak out later tonight if I'm still awake and see Pearl. Uh, can't wait for that. Mm. And yeah, that's pretty much it. For And you know, we're just reviewing the show every Thursday. New episodes out every Wednesday. Yes, yes. We talked about home invasion movies. I um, actually had to cancel my interview with Michael J. Seidlinger just because I'm like so far behind. I still haven't even edited our um, my interview with uh, uh, Keith Lansdale, so I still need to do that. But, you know, life's been kind of crazy recently. But that should be coming up soon. Um, but, yeah, if you guys haven't subscribed to the channel, please do. We'd love to hear from y'all. And uh, Danny and I will be back next Thursday to talk about the next set of 101 Scariest Horror Movie Moments. See y'all.